0: I hate being home alone now. I never really told many people about this. It was only a few months ago, but I've been paranoid ever since. I'm gonna try to be pretty detailed, but this shouldn't be too long of a story. I live in a somewhat rural part of Alabama, about 30 or so minutes from the Florida line. It was warm out, as it usually is here, so I decided to sit outside and watch some videos on my phone. I still, as usual, wore jeans and a hoodie. Just so you know, I'm a 17-year-old guy. I'm pretty short, around five foot four or five foot five, and I'm skinny, but still have a bit of weight on me. From a distance, it can be easy to mistake me for a short-haired girl. Anyway, I'm sitting outside on a porch swing that has since been removed, watching videos on my phone. I had started to notice a white car driving by several times. Whoever was driving was probably lost. It can be easy to get lost out here, even though the road I'm on is off of a highway. Signal tends to get patchy about halfway to my house, and the back roads off of it get even worse. I thought nothing of it, as it was common for the same car to drive by repeatedly trying to find the place they're supposed to be. About five minutes after the last time the car drove by, it showed up again, pulling into my driveway this time. Assuming the driver was lost, I got up and walked towards the car willing to try to give directions to the driver. The driver's side window rolled down and I was met with a white man, probably late 30s or early to mid 40s. He had dirty blonde hair that was obviously balding and he wore black sunglasses. His car was full of what I assumed was his stuff. It seemed like maybe he was moving or even living out of his car. Weird but not impossible. You're not who I was looking for, he said. How old are you? I told him I was seventeen. A smile took over his face. Do you like to freaky baby? Fear took over and I turned away. I must have ran to my front door, slamming and locking it. I looked out the window and saw him backing out quickly and driving away. I grabbed a baseball bat from our back porch and held onto it until my sister got home from her friend's house. I never told my mom or the police. I didn't get the guy's name or license plate so I didn't see the point. I haven't seen him since and hope to never see him again. When I was about 14 I had just moved with my mom in England, which meant I didn't speak English very well. Since my mom was working, I had to be home alone every single day until I eventually started school. The house had two floors and two entrances, one at the back facing a garden and another one in the front. The front one would lock on its own, however the one at the back would require you to do it, which I always forgot because I really wasn't bothered. Where I lived, having people jump in your garden while running away from the police wasn't unheard of. However, one morning I was home alone, and I decided to clean my room, and after a while as I looked out of my window, it also faces the garden, there were these two men just standing in my garden. At that point I had all sorts of scenarios going on in my head, and the fact that I never locked the back door kept coming back to me. So I decided to just lock myself in the room and just see what they do. As you all might have already guessed, they walked towards the door trying to open it, and at that moment I had no idea what to do anymore. I had no phone because I broke mine and it was getting fixed. Also jumping out the window was not an option because it wouldn't open wide enough. So I just kept looking out the window. They did not come in because my mom, a very smart woman, decided to check if the door was locked before she left for work. After that the men just went to the next house. But I wasn't worried as it was mostly occupied by men, and there was always a lot of slightly violent people inside it at all times. But I never saw those men or heard anything again since. Edit. I have more stories of creepy encounters as I lived there for a bit and still go back there quite often. For some reason, I don't know how to avoid speaking with strangers like I just find myself in the middle of a situation, so just let me know if you want to hear more. This happened around 2018 right after my sister moved out of our apartment together. It's been bothering me since I just moved out. I was home alone on my day off when someone knocked on my door. No one ever visits, and I have anxiety, so that was terrifying to my brain already. I answered, and it was a woman who lived in one of the basement apartments. She seemed nice at first, asking if I wanted any clothes she was giving away because they weren't her style, but supposedly matched mine perfectly as a young woman. That was already a red flag in my mind, because the only time I ever saw her was when I was walking to work, wearing my uniform of a black shirt, black pants, and black hat but I let her talk because I'm super awkward and hated being rude to technical strangers. Then she started getting pushy and listing off super expensive name brands to try to get me to go to her apartment old small building, no cameras, and I lived on the second or top floor, which would be down what I called the creepy stairs and next to the door to the back lot no one used. Then I realized she was holding a notebook open with a script of what to say, I continued to reject, but my anxiety wouldn't let me close the door on her face without fear of her lashing out. She kept insisting until I finally told her my boyfriend was going to be home soon and suggested she donated them. My boyfriend wasn't going to be home for many, many hours, but she didn't need to know that obviously. She leaves and I go back to my room, which has a window facing that back lot or alley. A few moments later, I hear a fight happening in the lot and see her with a previous He was already fired at that point maintenance man. It's a loud, screaming fight, and they're standing next to his truck, which has tinted windows and a covered truck bed. My paranoia went a little wild, so I texted my family about it to feel a bit safer. Then I believe he left, but a little while later, something hits my door hard. I didn't check, just stared. Then it happened again and again. All night until my boyfriend came home, and for a few days when I was alone. I found out after looking at the door that they were hitting my deadbolt, and it was off-center. Even after it was replaced, the damage couldn't be fixed. It stopped after a little while, and the woman moved out almost immediately after all of that. I don't want to feed my paranoia, but something obviously wasn't right. I know I should have called the police, but I have horrific phone anxiety, Everyone thought I was overreacting, and police in my town are relatively useless. Also that maintenance man was rehired, and was the one who replaced my deadbolt, insisting he kept the extra key despite never needing the old. My new house is much safer, thankfully. Someone was outside my bedroom window last night. I am super creeped right now. I-27 female was home completely alone and sleeping in my bed in the middle of the night last night. I was woken up by the sound of someone trying to push up on my locked bedroom window. I couldn't see the window because it was past my footboard on the other side of the bedroom and I was laying down, but I knew that unmistakable sound of the window being locked and the jiggling sound it makes because I've locked myself out plenty of times and have tried to get through that window before. I sat up to get a look and seen a dark silhouette of a person looking in the window. I laid back down for a second really confused and tired, and when it actually clicked what I had seen, I sat right back up. They were gone. I tried to get back to sleep, but was spooked for the rest of the night. In the morning, I thought I might have dreamed it after I called everyone I knew that it possibly could have been, and nobody knew anything. Nobody was at my house. Nobody I knew would just try to get into my bedroom window in the middle of the night anyways, especially when I don't think this person even knocked on the front before trying to open the window. I went outside to investigate to see if I was just crazy. I looked at the window and there I seen the handprints of whoever was trying to slide up on the glass. Also, it had rained so I could see muddy shoe prints going to and from my window. I have no idea who they were or what they wanted but i am so glad my window was locked. Don't walk home alone at night. I'll try and keep this short and sweet. I'm a small female, 29, but look a lot younger. I live in the downtown area of a medium-sized city, and there are a lot of bars and restaurants within walking distance of my apartment. I had gone out one night to meet a friend at a bar, probably one-third of a mile away, and decided to just walk home around 130 a.m. For some reason, this whole situation just never sat well with me. There was a guy at the bar that kept making eye contact and smiling at me, but he never approached me, so I didn't think anything of it. Later, as I'm walking home, I pass some apartments pretty close to mine. Lo and behold... There is the guy from the bar having a conversation with someone on the sidewalk outside of these apartments. He stops mid-sentence and says, Hey, didn't I just see you at the bar? I'm slightly inebriated and ready to just get home so mumbled something about yeah and have a good night, but didn't stop, kept walking. I had a sinking feeling in my gut. Next thing I know, and I'm literally a block away from my apartment now, I hear a vehicle coming up slowly behind me. It's dude. He rolls down his truck window and starts telling me to get in. He'll give me a ride home, etc. I say no thanks, I'm literally home, and he starts getting more aggressive, leaning over to open the door as he's pushing on the gas to follow me. I almost broke into a run, but didn't want to let him know how bad he was creeping me out. Everything about this situation felt really wrong, and I was quickly becoming terrified. He followed me still telling me to get in over and over again all the way to my apartment, and then just stopped and watched me punch in my gate code and hurry inside. I could see him just sitting out on the street for a while before driving off. I wanted to make sure he was gone. I'm sure he could have just been drunk maybe too, but he was so aggressive and demanding after the first couple times, it really, really bothered me. I never got a really good look at the guy, but, and I'm sure this is totally unrelated, not even a month later, two females were murdered, decapitated, and then had their bodies left inside of a burning house, while one had their head buried in the backyard, and another put into a backpack or something absolutely crazy. I'm not saying it was the same dude, but it happened pretty close to my house, and I'm just like, what if? So many crazy, paranoid scenarios have run through my mind. And now I just never leave my apartment after dark, unless I'm driving somewhere. Stay safe out there. When I was younger about 25 years ago, I was helping my aunt refinish the interior of an old room with molding work around an oddly shaped dining room of my uncle's father's house after he passed away. There were a ton of cut pieces that were taken down and another person had tried to help put the stuff back together. But nobody could figure it out, and they were left in a pile in the middle of the room. There were multiple layers of molding, and there were just ends and angles everywhere, like 60 segmented angle cut pieces. We couldn't figure it out, so we gave up after hours of trying to match up the correct angles and pieces, and my aunt left to go home and get the dog, and I stayed behind in this house while she was going to come back in an hour. I kept trying to match up the pieces, and eventually pulled this dusty old chair out of the corner of the room. I sat down in it and could feel like a hand rubbing across my back, and then being placed on my shoulder, like someone leaning over me. It felt cold and very real, but nobody was there. In fact, now that I think about it, the entire room felt chilled during summer. No air conditioner. After a few seconds, I kind of resumed looking for the pieces, heaped in the middle of the room and reached down and picked up two random sections, and they fit perfectly. I was amazed, so I kept going. I kept reaching down and picking up two more pieces, and they just fit, which is tough to do, but I kept going and going, eventually matching up all the angles, and when my aunt came back, she goes, Oh my god, you did all this. I had matched up pretty much everything, and she says, You know, that's Otto's old chair. He loved doing woodwork. He would sit in that chair for hours and work on projects. I immediately got this chill up my spine like someone took a cold ice cube and ran it up my spine, and I blurted out, I love you, Cookie, which I had no idea why I said it, or even had control over what was said. Cookie, as it turns out, was Otto's nickname for my aunt. Otto was my uncle's elderly father who died a year earlier, The room went back to normal temperature, and the feeling of a hand on my shoulder pressing down went away. This was about ten years ago when I was in my early teen years. Two girlfriends and I were going to watch another one of our friends sing at a local restaurant. We did not have a ride, so we decided to walk. It was about 8-9 p.m., We decided to take a shortcut, which led us through a ditch that ran through the back of people's houses. The ground was a bit elevated, so as we walked, it was easy for us to see people's backyards. We came across one particular backyard. Right above this house's backyard fence, there was a mysterious round black thing. We couldn't quite figure out what it was from a distance, so my friends and I agreed I should get closer. I reach out with my hand and just as I was about to touch it, it turns and looks me dead in the eye. Turns out this mysterious black thing was the back of someone's head. Not just someone though, the only thing I can describe it as was a dead woman with no face. Her face was pale as paper and I couldn't distinguish her eyes or any facial figures. We ran as fast as we could. It didn't make any sense as to why an actual person would be standing there and we didn't know anyone that lived at the place who could potentially be pranking us. Fast forward to about two years ago, I am reading a scary story on Reddit. Well, it just so happens that the person who wrote the story went through a pretty similar thing, and it was in the exact same ditch, same city, same entity. I couldn't believe it. I still cannot comprehend how any of this was possible. Throughout my life, my mom has regularly been seen in places that she hasn't been. These occurrences were very popular in one particular house that we rented when I was 15, 16. I was chilling in the upstairs lounge area watching, say yes to the dress, thinking that I was home alone. I remember seeing my mom come upstairs, make direct eye contact with me, but completely ignored my calling out, hey mom, didn't know you were home and walked straight into my younger brother's bedroom and closed the door. I thought it was odd, and it definitely caught my attention because she was walking quite stiffly, almost robotically, but I felt W.E. I was enjoying my snacks and TV. About ten minutes later, I hear my mom come in the front door and yell up to ask if I have any clothes to go in the machine as she needed to put on a load of washing. I sit in silence, thinking about why she didn't ask me when she came upstairs and realized that I never saw her leave my brother's room. She thought I was ignoring her so came upstairs to ask me again, and I freaked out because she wasn't even wearing the same clothes I saw her in. Turns out she'd only just returned from lunch with her friends when I heard her opening the front door. That same house, she's also been seen by multiple people in other rooms like the in-suit, when she's actually outside having a cigarette or not even home. All descriptions have been that her movements were really stiff or disjointed. It's like you can see her moving, but not hear her, and her face is completely deadpan. but she always makes eye contact. On a separate occasion, but during the same week, she appeared in a photo that she wasn't in, where she was actually sitting in a chair behind the person taking the photo. The photo shows her wearing exactly the same clothes in the exact same sitting position on her phone, but below her knees had been completely cut off. The photo was taken by an abusive ex-partner at the time, however I believe we may have a copy of it somewhere. Ghost while babysitting. As an adult in my mid-twenties, I was my bestie's babysitter. I babysat her little boy who at the time was around one, not all the time, just for date nights. As social workers, we are overly cautious who watch our children. As you can imagine, we've heard the worst. So, watching H at bedtime. After playing downstairs for a bit, we go upstairs so I can bathe him before bed. We bathe, and then I'm drying him off on the floor and playing peekaboo. I then hear something downstairs, some movement, and their dog starts barking. It's a little yappy dog, and he barks all the time, but this time he would not stop. So then I think, maybe they are just home early. But the dog keeps barking incessantly, not pausing, just going crazy. I'm still drying off H, and I pick him up and I hear clear as day downstairs a male yelling, stop barking at that monkey. The dog instantly stops barking. I then wait because I'm thinking it's my bestie's husband. No one comes upstairs. I then get this feeling that creeps up my spine and I just realize it is not my bestie and her husband. They are not home. I start to panic because I'm thinking a stranger has broken in the house. I start looking for somewhere to hide H in the bathroom because my cell phone is downstairs and I want him to be safe. I am shaking I'm so terrified. I then decide F it. I'm bringing H with me because I think he'll be hurt if I leave him by himself. I pick up H, still wrapped in a towel, and take a deep breath. I build up the courage to run downstairs to find my phone. I open the door and I run with that baby like I have never run before. I grab my phone on the counter and then run back upstairs. I text my bestie who says she'll be home in 20. I search the house. I don't find anything. She comes home. I tell her and her husband what happened. They both look at each other and kinda nod. I'm like WTF. First they tell me they call H-Monkey at bedtime. They both then proceed to tell me how they think the house is haunted and about stuff that happens all the time. Cigar smoke smells, stuff being moved and disappearing etc. It had never talked before though. I was shook. We're still great friends to this day, but you bet your ass I did not babysit again. When I was around seven years old, I remember being at home with my sister, who was about 14 or 15 years old. We lived in a small Texas town where everyone knew each other. On this particular night, our parents had entrusted my sister with babysitting me, and we found ourselves alone at home. Despite the age difference, we got along well. It was around 8 p.m. during winter, so darkness had already descended outside. We were in the living room where the TV was located. Our house had a unique feature, a large glass door leading to the backyard. This door was part of a wall made entirely of windows. When it was dark outside and the backyard light was off, which was usually the case, we couldn't see anything beyond the glass, it was just pitch black. On the other side of the room was the front door, which had a small entryway with a solid door. You couldn't see what was on the other side except for some small glass holes that allowed you to see who was outside if someone rang the doorbell. After watching our TV show for about 45 minutes, they started talking about a manhunt for a crazy guy. Suddenly, we heard loud banging noises coming from our front door. The banging was intense and scared us a lot. We jumped up, screamed loudly, and then the whole house went completely silent. The only lights on were the ones in the kitchen down the hallway and the TV. We started thinking that maybe something had blown against the door on our porch. We were in West Texas, where strong winds were pretty common. We stayed quiet, holding on to each other tightly as the adrenaline rush started to fade. Just when we were about to say that everything was okay, we heard the storm door outside our front door close. It meant that someone had opened that door to be able to bang on our front door. We both froze in the middle of the room, sitting on the floor where we had been watching TV. My sister slowly crawled over to the TV and turned it off. It was an old TV that required turning a metal dial to switch it off, and it made a somewhat loud noise when she did. Now it was just the two of us in a dimly lit room with the kitchen light down the hall. I can't recall how much time passed while we remained frozen, me sitting on my knees, and my sister crouched near the TV that was now off but we kept looking at each other and then glancing at the front door. I remember this part very clearly. I turned around to look at the back wall with the windows and glass door, and we heard the sound of the back door knob turning. The door was locked with the doorknob, but we had forgotten to use the deadbolt, so it shook a little like someone was gently trying to open it. Still, we didn't make a single sound. We just sat there, holding our breath in fear. Then suddenly, there were loud banging noises. It sounded really scary, as someone was trying hard to force the door open, jerking it back and forth. The whole wall of windows vibrated violently, and I could see my reflections getting blurry, then clear, then blurry again with each jerk of the door. Now my sister couldn't hold her fear and started to freak out, screaming loudly. I was still frozen on the floor, unable to move, but then she got up and pulled me into her bedroom, slamming the door shut. She used her mattress and anything else she could find to block the door for safety. Luckily, she had remembered to bring the phone with her. In her panic, she couldn't remember the number to call the sheriff, so we had to figure it out together. But still, we couldn't find any phone number to call the police. My sister quickly dialed a friend's number on the phone, speaking in short, gasping breaths, explaining that someone was trying to get into our house and needed help right away. Meanwhile, I was curled up on the floor, trembling uncontrollably. We didn't hear anything else until we saw the headlights of my sister's friend and her parents driving up to our house. We never found out who was at the door or why they were trying to get in. There were no other signs of anything unusual, except for a few scuff marks on the bottom of the back door. We couldn't remember if those marks were already there or not. Since that incident, nothing like that has ever happened to either of us. But one thing's for sure, we never forget to lock a door after entering it. Not scary, but definitely unusual. My father died of pancreatic cancer five years ago at the young age of 60. His last week of life was spent catatonic in palliative care. It was rough on us, and I didn't leave his side for that whole week. The night he died, I cried myself to sleep and had horrible dreams. At some point in the night, I woke up to someone gently rubbing my back. That's how my dad would wake me up when I was a little kid. He didn't like shocking us out of sleep and preferred to wake us up slowly. I live alone, so you think I would have been startled awake by the touch. But I woke up calm. Only when I opened my eyes did the pressure on my back disappear. Obviously no one was there, and logically I should say it was my mind that fabricated the scenario to help me in my grief. But after that moment, something switched in my brain, and I was at peace with my father being gone. I firmly believe that this was him saying goodbye and letting me know he's okay. There was a campfire smell in a two-foot diameter in between my family room and my dining room. Had not used the fireplace in months, the fan was off. There was no smell in the common hallway condo or outside. It was approximately two feet across and six feet tall it took about 20 minutes to dissipate no neighbors had fireplaces going summer and there were no fires it was not a fireplace smell but a campfire smell extremely strong but no explanation it was not near an outside wall but the middle of an area edit it it was mid-afternoon when this happened When I was younger, one of my grandmothers, I called Grandma Dad's Mom and Nana Mom's Mom. My grandma was my best friend, and she passed when I was 18. She had a book that meant a lot to her, and I knew while she was passing that I wouldn't see that book again after she was gone because my aunts wanted everything. So I stole the book and took it home that night, still have it to this day. I was riddled with guilt for just taking it for a long time. Never told a single soul. Not one person. Ever. No one. Then one night, a few years later, my nana was dying, and I was a CNA at the time, so I would stay up with her at night while the rest of the family slept. She had been in a slight coma for about three days by this point. We were doing home care with hospice coming by during the day. All of a sudden, around 3 a.m., my nana's eyes shot open, looked me in my soul, and told me, Wanda said she isn't mad at you for taking the book. That she's happy you're the one that has it, and she loves you so much. I ran out of the room and woke my entire family up. Still sends chills down my spine, and to this day I truly believe that when we are passing, we some way have a way of connecting to things we can't see normally. Because there is no way my nana would have known that.